Ooh, what's cracking? Big dogs. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDG. Big dogs got to eat. And today is Saturday, which means it is Q and Assault Saturday, where y'all assault me with any questions you may have uh, for anything in life, mainly fantasy football, I'm assuming. But as uh, Patreon members, you get to ask me anything you want for this 30-minute period every single Saturday. If any of you out there watch this after the live stream already happened, feel free to go sign up on Patreon and y'all can assault me with your questions as well. We're talking season long. We're talking redraft. We're talking dynasty. We're talking waiver wire when it's in season. We're talking trades. We're talking any of the injuries, the beat reports, anything that's coming out right now as we are almost into August. Last day of July. Can't hold anything bike now. Okay. Cue and assault Saturday. And as we have started to do, we're gonna we're gonna uh, kick this thing off looking at some of the biggest risers and fallers in underdogs ADP over the last week, and kind of break down uh, a quick synopsis of why we think they're rising, why we think they're falling, and whether or not it makes any fucking sense. Top ten risers this week. Okay, you see the board absolutely littered with the Green Bay trash, like it is the corner of Main Street and Cheesehead Avenue. Horrible fucking sentence. I don't know any blocks in... I don't know why I would know any blocks in Green Bay. But you see uh, the biggest risers here, okay? That minus on the column all the way to the right side is their ADP. So their ADP dropped 37 spots. Randall Cobbs did. So if he was at like pick 180, he dropped down like 147 or some shit. But as you can see, he's at pick 179. So he dropped from... Oh, boy. Uh, 1218 maybe, if my math is correct, which it never normally is. So you have Randall Cobb shooting up, and the rest of the list, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Robert Tunyon, you have Alan Lazard, you have A.J. Dillon, all thanks to the return of Aaron Rodgers, which we have been telling you to draft because of, I don't know why, but I just felt like he was coming by, and he did. And so now Randall Cobb has moved over to Green Bay from Houston. Uh, kind of feels like a power trip moment for Aaron Rodgers. I'm not really excited about Randall Cobb. I can understand why he's getting drafted now. He basically, that ADP makes it go from uh, undrafted to drafted. And he, and he should be someone who's drafted just because the wide receiver two spot in Green Bay is completely up for grabs. The other thing I want to caution you about, though, these are Randall Cobb's statistics, okay? One, he is fucking old, okay? He's old. He's been in the league for like a zillion years. And we have the last three years of him playing in Green Bay, and they haven't been good, okay? He played 13 games in 2016. He played 14 games in 2017. He played nine games in 2018. Statistically, I mean, he hasn't gone above four touchdowns, four touchdowns, two touchdowns. Like, he's just not that good of a player statistically. So do I think he should be drafted in underdog drafts or just in general? Sure. But he's going to be a boring-ass PPR, like wide receiver four. Do what you want with it. Deshaun Watson is moving up 24 spots because if he he reported to training camp, he's playing as a fucking defensive back. I don't think this changes anything. I don't think this changes anything as far as I'm concerned. I still don't think he steps on the field this year, uh, especially not for Houston. So Marquez Callaway in a similar spot to Randall Cobb. You see both Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith moving up draft boards because both of them were basically undrafted or going in the 15th, 16th round of drafts with the Michael Thomas injury. And uh, I would like to very, very clearly and violently tell you not to draft Michael Thomas. And I knew this was going to happen. We were going to have all the fucking hardos out there. When the reports come out and tell you that he's probably likely to be out 12 to 16 weeks, people are going to be like, I had a comment the other day that was like, 12 to 16 weeks from the, the start of that report, he'll be 100% healthy by week seven. I'm like, dude, the single biggest mistake fantasy owners, fantasy players make, okay? And 
If you haven't learned this the hard way, you will soon, right? If you're new to fantasy, if you just started playing last year, two years, you'll learn this the hard way. Injury optimism is the single biggest fantasy football mistake in the history of fantasy football. You believing timelines, especially ones that are four months down the line, that things are going to go well for a player is the biggest fucking hack out there. Because not only does the timeline have to be correct, they're lying to you about the timelines, 100%, but not only does the timeline have to be correct, but that player also needs to make sure that he's 100% healthy by the time the timeline is over, okay? So when he steps back on the field, he's not less than 100%, okay? Just do not count on Michael Thomas at any point this season, which means, yes, you should be drafting guys like Cal, because Callaway was undrafted, right? And there's a chance that he steps into a role where he sees like seven targets a game. Do I think he's going to be great? Probably not, but he deserves to be drafted. So Marcus Callaway moves up. Darrell Henderson, of course, moves up. He's still not high enough, in my opinion. I am not a guy that's really high on Darrell Henderson, but to be the RB1 in this offense, getting picked at spot 70, and I'm sure some of this ADP includes like the day or two leading up to the Cam Akers news, but still, at the end of the fifth, early sixth round, Definitely where you should be scooping as much Darrell Henderson as possible. I think by the time drafts actually come around, we're going to see a lot of fourth round Darrell Henderson in that range. Maybe even back into the third round. Too high for me, uh, especially if you're going to be in like a guaranteed prize pool type of thing because so many teams already have, you know, 11th, 12th round Darrell Henderson and you're putting yourself at a monster advantage. But if you're just playing in a 12-team league, pick 70, yes. Fucking go off Darrell Henderson Kings. Aaron Rodgers moves up. Xavier Jones, we don't know who the backup to Darrell Henderson is going to be. We don't know if they're going to bring in a veteran. Uh, we don't know if this is going to be a complete timeshare, to be honest, if it's, or I mean that in, in the sense of behind Darrell Henderson. They already said Darrell Henderson is not playing in any preseason games. Um, they're not taking a chance with him, which means we will know pretty surely uh, who the backup to him is. They could use a committee where someone's on the goal line, someone's in the pass-catching role as the RB2 slot um, reveals itself. So I'm not really going to be drafting too much Xavier Jones because he might just be throwing up zeros into your lineup. Robert Tunyon, been told you to draft him. His, his ADP of like 135 was always fucking ridiculous. Rashad Penny, I have no idea why he is, uh, why he's moving up, but he shouldn't be. Alan Lazard, AJ Dillon, sure. Whatever you want to do there in wide in uh, Green Bay. So let's move on to the fallers in this case real quick. We have Michael Thomas obviously falling because he's going to be out for most of the season. Jameis Winston becomes a fucking, like I said before, becomes a gluten-free bun without the cheeseburger in the middle. Denzel Mims is falling because we keep hearing reports of him running with the twos, now running with the threes. Stop drafting Denzel Mims. Kadarius Toney put on the COVID IR. He was already missing time at camp, not looking like it's going to be a good rookie year for Kadarius Toney. Sterling Shepard, I feel like, needs to start being drafted in the 15th, 16th, 17th round of your best ball drafts. Nico Collins falls further and further as they sign Anthony Miller, which makes sense because we don't really know where the targets are going to go. And this is going to be a stinky, stinky fucking offense. So it's not an offense in which you want the wide receiver to in um, regardless. So Brandon Cooks or nothing there. Jalen Hurts, we keep hearing more and more reports of um, Jalen Hurts kind of struggling at camp and maybe them looking at Deshaun Watson. I still think the, the, the I mean, and this team, their over-under win total is like six and a half, so this could be a very terrible team. I still think when they're trailing, Hurts is going to put up big, big rushing numbers. I mean, last year, listen, in two of the three full starts that he had, he, he threw for over 335 passing yards, so I still think Jalen Hurts is being underrated. If he's going to start going outside the top 100 picks, Jalen Hurts just makes too much sense to continue to draft. Zach Wilson falling down the rankings. I don't know why. I don't, I'm not really sure why he was like highly ranked to begin with. Not that he was, but Carson Wentz, the foot news. All right, we'll, we'll go through the other three, and then we'll circle bike onto the Carson Wentz news because that's obviously a big impact role. Cole Beasley. Uh, yeah, Cole Beasley. You all know what's going on with him. Irv Smith moving down. Irv Smith moving down is an interesting one. I like Irv Smith, man. I, I think we just saw a report today coming out that Irv Smith has looked really, really good, and the connection between Kirk and Irv have looked 
fantastic. I will be drafting Irv, even though there were reports that his role is not going to change. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I think Irv is in for a breakout year. I like Irv Smith as, you know, 13th, 14th, 17th fucking tight end off the board. Carson Wentz. So the news with Carson Wentz, something in his foot. I listened to the podcast that Pro Football Injury Doc, the former Chargers doctor, put out. He put the over-under on return to play for Carson Wentz as week six in the NFL season, okay? Um, he put the over-under at week six in the NFL season, and that is a significant portion of the fantasy season. It is a big hit to the rest of the Indianapolis group, and now Jacob Eason is likely to take over as the quarterback, too. Or as the starting quarterback, I should say, for this time period. I'll be honest. I don't know much about Eason. I know he's like a fifth round pick. So the fact that uh, that's his draft capital and he's not a highly regarded prospect, he'll probably struggle. Luckily, he's got decent weapons. He's going to have a very good run game. and He's going to have a very good offensive line. Um, so yeah, no, we're not drafting Jacob Eason, but if you have him on your dynasty team, you're probably feeling okay that you got a starting quarterback for a few weeks. See what happens. Uh, but with Carson Wentz, it's a big hit to Pittman, obviously. He becomes borderline undraftable. It's a big hit to the rest of the weapons there. T.Y. Hilton, undraftable. Paris Campbell, hmm, we'll see what happens there. But uh, it definitely is a hit to JT because, you know, goal line opportunities was a big part of his game. And now we don't expect that to happen too much with Jacob Beeson happening. Uh, so, yeah, that's where we are at with the top risers, the top fallers. And uh, let's say hello to everybody. Again, if you want to be in the Cune Assault next week. Patreon.com forward slash B-D-G-E. Hits blunt. Love that. Love that. I'd imagine you have to be in an altered state of mind to get through this video. I sent you a trade in Pickled and Fetal that you'll really like. That is one of our Dynasty Leagues. Let me check out a trade live on camera, live on air. Are we on the air? Let me see how fucking bad it is. Pickled and fetal. We have one outstanding trade. Let me take a screenshot, throw it on the board, and I will work with it. Work through it with y'all. Where did I put you? My upper lip is, my bottom lip is itchy. I keep scratching it like that. Holy fuck, where are you, dude? There it is. Okay. So Mr. So Mr. Can't Guard Brad, I will be receiving Kenny Galladay, Traquan Smith, Daniel Jones, and a third-round pick. He will be receiving Michael Thomas and Tua Tagoviolula. Uh, first thought, actually not a terrible trade for me. Basically, the way I look at trades, for Dynasty at least, is I initially, my thought process is this. When you see a lot of trades, right? Dynasty trades can be overwhelming, especially a trade with this many pieces in it, right? You have six pieces moving back and forth. It's like, how do you properly evaluate this? First thing you want to do is immediately wipe out the pieces that don't matter, okay? For me, that is Traquan Smith, and that is that third-round pick. They obviously don't just completely not matter, but you need to be able to break down the pieces individually. The first thing you should be doing is getting rid of the least valuable pieces, okay? Pieces like, I'm not a fucking moron enough to think that Traquan Smith is a needle mover in a dynasty trade, okay? A third round pick is whatever. That's like a fucking 10% hit rate in rookie draft. So we get third round pick and we get Traquan Smith out of the way immediately. And we look at the rest of the trade and you say, okay, 
It's Kenny Gall, and we'll circle back on those two pieces if we need to, if it's like a tiebreaker for me. So I'd look at Kenny Galladay and Daniel Jones versus Michael Thomas and Tua Tagliavola. Okay. And I'm looking at this and dynasty value. Would you rather own Michael Thomas or Kenny Galladay? And would you rather own Tua and Michael and, uh, or Daniel Jones? My first reaction is I would easily rather own the two pieces that I already have. I would take Tua over Daniel Jones. No question about it. I would take Michael Thomas, even with the foot injury over Kenny Galladay. No questions about it. So, with that being said, that's an auto-reject from me. If this was a really close trade, if I was like, it's a toss-up for both, or maybe like the quarterback wins from his side and then the wide receiver wins from my side, and I don't really have a preference, and then there was the Traquan and third-round pick thrown in, that might be the deciding factor. But in my experience, the easiest thing to do is to wipe out the pieces that have very, very little value in your trade, and then look at the big pieces because the big pieces are the things that matter in dynasty trades. A lot of people try to fucking fool you by throwing out 35 players, 35 draft picks before you know it. They have, they they've, they've thrown you fucking 14 fourth round picks, which you can't even use because you don't have enough roster spots. So a lot of the times when you have a bunch of fourth round picks or third round picks, you don't even get to use them in your rookie draft because you're keeping most of your players from the year prior and you already have a couple firsts, a couple seconds so that you don't actually get to make those picks. That's another little tricky thing that you need to understand in dynasty. So those things have very little value to me. They are maybe a tiebreaker at best. So we are going to absolutely demolish you live on air and decline the fuck out of that trade. But thank you for your time and, and uh, consideration. Thank you, Josh. What's up, Dylan? Where do you value Deshaun Watson in startups? Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to get another chance in the NFL. I can't imagine someone... The NFL wants him on the field, man. That That's the end of the story. He is a ticket seller. He is uh, one of the bright young up-and-coming quarterbacks and you don't have you got to look at the nfl as a business man this is an asset for them deshaun watson is one of the most valuable assets in the entire business for them they want him back on the field i think he's back on the field i'm not gonna go as far as saying i think he's back on the field this year because most people don't think that happens i would be surprised if we saw him this year so that being said wherever he lands one, wherever he lands is going to be a better situation than Houston, okay? Better offensive line, better weapons. There's nowhere to go but up from Houston. So wherever he lands, as a, as a quarterback, in terms of statistics, it's going to be better. In startups, you're basically getting a top five fantasy option next year. So if you're in a rebuild mode, if you're going into your draft as a productive struggle or rebuild, you know that off the rip, you could take Deshaun Watson in the third round. You could take him in the fourth round of startups, which is where he usually drops. I'm probably not going to use a second round pick on him in a startup. Um, so in, in a startup, I'm most likely not going to let him fall out of the third round, but I have seen him go anywhere from the third to the sixth round, which is kind of insane. So I, even if you're, even if you're trying to compete now, if he drops into like the late fourth, fifth round, that is something you should pull the trigger on. Okay. So my stance is that we see Deshaun Watson again, for sure. In an NFL uniform, more likely than not, it's going to be next year. More likely than not, though, he's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback again. The NFL wants this kid on the field again. Beautiful day for a Marg on the porch. Ain't that ain't that the motherfucking truth, brother? What do you think of the hype coming out of Ravens camp with Sammy Watkins? No. Hello, Cali Dog. Brad, are you moving JT down with Wentz being out? Yeah, I'm going to move him down my, my season-long rankings a little bit. 
he will i think i had him at i, I did a, a short a tiktok too uh on my top 10 rankings i want to say a jt at 10 and maybe or i had jt at nine and i think nick chubb at 10 possibly so i'm gonna flip chubb ahead of him and then that's where you start to get into like the Najee harris joe mixon ish tier and i'll probably have to consider where i want to move um jt from there and i will very very likely move him below those guys he's in a committee now on a questionable offense for at least the first month and a half of the season August 14th. Yes, sir. This is the official date in which Animal will go into the woods for our E-Town Get Down Punishment, our big home money league. For those of y'all that are new and weren't following all of last year, we have a lot of new subs obviously flooding in. Our E-Town Get Down League, which is one that we follow throughout the year, our Fade the Public episode basically turns into following our league. Uh, Animal Lost went beautifully executed 1-13 season last year as the punishment. He will be spending 18 consecutive hours overnight in the woods outside of one of our league mates' house. The only stuff he could bring along with him are, one, we'll have a cameraman or two, obviously filming the whole thing for a vlog, two, a machete, and three, a water bottle. August 14th, it is going darn. I just moved to an NMT for Wilson, actually. Okay, uh... Okay, well, I, two things. One, if it's Zach Wilson, no. If it's Russell Wilson, absolutely. Okay, Russ, you followed up. Yeah, so yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. Tua MT for Wilson, for sure. Russ Wilson. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Chipper. Ooh, great fucking name. I didn't know the, the name Chipper existed outside of Chipper Jones. Who should I be targeting at the 112-21 turn in a PPR one quarterback league? Well, my rankings will drop for PPR leagues as soon as the draft guide is done. I know a lot of you guys have been asking if it's gonna if it's gonna fucking come out August first, August seventh. I'm gonna be honest, I just don't know. Listen, I want it out. We're losing a lot of fucking revenue as a business for every day that this thing is not out. Okay, I want it out as badly, if not 500 fucking times exponentially more than you guys do. Trust me, as a business owner, as someone whose product this is our biggest highest selling product that drives not only the revenue for our business, but my fucking life. I have to pay rent as well. Okay. This is my full-time job. Every day the draft guide is not out. We are losing money. I want it out as quickly as possible. I'm hoping it's out within the next week. That being said, I'm obviously here to answer your question, Chipper. Who should I be targeting at the 112 uh, turn in a PPR one quarterback league? Well, you're not targeting a quarterback. Uh, PPR, I'm a little bit more open to drafting a guy like Kelsey if he would fall to you there. But again, I typically want pass catching running backs at the 112-21. I don't know what you're, I don't, you know, this would just go by my rankings, of course. I don't know who's going to fall to you there. Uh, if like a guy like Eckler falls to you there, that's an auto smash. But I'm most likely double tapping running backs. Maybe if Devontae Adams falls there, I'm okay with that as well. Stephon Diggs is very, very, very high target guy, but I want to secure my wide receiver spots. Unless this is like a, uh, you know, start two running back, start fucking four wide receivers or something like that. Maybe we start to look more in depth at the wide receivers, but for the most part, I still want to stack running backs early. I want to stack them often and make sure we are squared away with those. 
So if you have a, a better idea of who's going to be on the board at the time, I could probably give you a more uh, a more specific niche, niche answer to your personal question. James asks, with MC being out, I need to get another wide receiver. My running backs are C-Mac, Najee, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Dobbins. Who should I target in trade and dynasty? Uh, um, here's the thing. I Wide receiver's value is so much lower than a running back's value in dynasty. None of those guys are ones that I want to be moving for a wide receiver. Like, I'm holding on to C-Mac. I'm holding on to Najee. I'm holding on to Dobbins. If I'm going to trade one personally... The one whom I think whomst I think has the lowest dynasty value going forward, right? I'm not saying that I don't think CEH is going to outperform Dobbins for this one fucking single year, but dynasty wise, who I think the best running backs are with the three I just named, CEH is a guy that I would be okay flipping for a wide receiver and a future first round pick. So if you want to move him for a veteran wide receiver like a Keenan Allen and a first, I'd be more than fine with that. So I would start to ta- target maybe a veteran guy because you're in win now mode, obviously a veteran guy who will give you wide receiver one numbers this year and can probably play a little bit longer as well and a future pick. Okay. But I wouldn't settle for anything less than that because these running backs, their value in dynasty is so fucking high compared to wide receivers. So do not give, do not lose. I would rather lose games in the regular season than fucking lose this trade right here with these running backs. So target a really, really high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one, plus a future first for a guy like CEH because someone in your league loves him. ETN and Hertz value in startups. Um, so again, I think it depends on what your construction is for the build. I think ETN is like the perfect, because you guys know I'm not high on him for the 2021 redraft season, but I did do a productive struggle in one of my startup drafts this summer where I took ETN at the 411. I think in the fourth round, um, mid to end of the fourth round is kind of perfect for ETN because I think that gives you leverage where you're not you're not needing to use a very premium pick on him, but by next year he should we should know his defined role and it should be a lot bigger next year than it was this year. Him and Lawrence coming into the second year of their uh, of their contracts together, coming into the second year of this offense together, I think ETN will be a much much hotter pick at this point next year than he should be as he is this year. Uh, Hertz Jalen Hertz is a is, is a very very fucking risky pick. One of the podcasts that I very much suggest you guys go listen to is on the Roto Underworld radio podcast. Y'all listen to Roto Underworld, I'm assuming, if you're into Dynasty. It is the uh, it's the new show that he started doing with this dude, Anand, who actually worked in the NFL as like a contract guy, and it's called The Decision Point. So go look up The Decision Point. I don't know if you guys can see that, that one, uh, the last weeks, they've only done two episodes. So I would listen to both of them, but they, they look at everything from a real money NFL contract standpoint. And basically what they're saying about Jalen hurts is not good. Um, so Jalen hurts to me is a very risky dynasty pick right now. I like you, y'all know, I like him in redraft. Okay. But the problem is when the, when the contracts reset next year, when the TV deal resets, if Jalen Hurts performs really well, they're going to have to pay him like a top three quarterback in the NFL, and they're not going to want to do that. So I'm nervous about Jalen Hurts. I'm nervous about the offense overall, 
right? It's a risk. You have to you have to weigh risks and rewards. Jalen Hurts' upside is yes, a thousand rushing yards this season for sure. But the downside is that this offense just crashes and burns. Okay, so Hurts is a guy that I'm not willing to take where he's currently going in startup drafts. Which I let me check the ADP on our draft guide right now. I want to say Hurts is probably going like early third round, maybe. And I'm not like I, I'm not going to argue against that, but I probably should. I'm not going to be the one making the pick there. We'll put it that way. Let's see. Startup ADP. Okay, he's going a little bit. He's going as quarterback twelve, going at forty six overall. So you're talking about the back end of the fourth round. At that point, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. Uh, that's not a terrible pick. I think with Rodgers back, he'll probably jump him up. Uh, Deshaun Watson should be going over him, and he's not right now. Tannehill uh, needs to be going over him. So that's where I'd have him. Risky pick. So don't take him everywhere. I lost Akers in a high stakes league. Just traded Debo Edwards and Moss for Jacobs. Thoughts? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'd necessarily say you lost the trade because, like, I don't like that trade for you, Cali Dog. That seemed. J- what do you like about Jacobs this year that you felt like you needed to move pieces for him? I feel like Jacobs will be like a mid-tier kind of RB2, and I feel like you kind of gave up a lot for that. I feel like Zach Moss will be like a low-end RB2, and, you're, and it's not going to be that big of a drop-off from Jacobs to Moss, and then you added, and then you threw on Debo and Edwards for it. So I'm not, a, I'm not really a fan of, uh, of that trade, to be honest. I almost feel like you probably could have thrown in like a second and got someone like fucking maybe C maybe it's an ignorant statement but almost like a CEH or some someone closer in that to you like a I'd rather have like a Miles Sanders maybe how did all those dates go from the other week um very good actually I don't want to get into specifics because I'm gonna be honest with you like I'm at the like you know this is what I do for my full-time work so when I go out with girls, like when I meet new people, they obviously know I do this shit. And some of them be watching my stuff. I don't think they're going to watch 26 minutes into a Q and assault video. But like, you know, what if they fucking do? Um, so I don't really want to go too deep into that. But two of them went great. Two of them went really well. And uh, and I will definitely be seeing them again. So I'll keep you all updated on that. Um. Went to the Comedy Cellar. One of the ones I went out with, I went to the Comedy Cellar with two nights ago. Was it two nights? Yeah, two nights ago. Comedy Cellar, by the way, if any of y'all have not been to NYC and you plan on coming, uh, Comedy Cellar is the GOAT comedy club. And I would suggest if you know when you're coming to go onto the Comedy Cellar website and book tickets in advance to make sure that you got them for that night. Uh, don't show up too early because you're going to sit in front and they're going to roast the fuck out of you, whatever uh, comedians come up on stage. But... Comedy sellers, the goat. Um, yeah, so they went good. They went very good. Let's see. What else do we got here? I was gonna br- oh, co- oh, speaking of coming to NYC, y'all, Underdog is, is giving away a spot in the BDGE NYC draft weekend, okay? This is literally the dudes who come to this weekend that are in the draft pay $1,500 to $2,000 to participate in this weekend. That is what it is valued at. 
And I'm not going to say that's the retail value. That's a real fucking value because I lose money every weekend doing this. We have 11 subscribers fly out to New York City. We rent an Airbnb. We have a, we have a live draft. We hang out for the whole weekend. We party. We rage. I show you NYC. I show you the crevices of NYC that tourist NYC will never, ever see. Okay? You get to enjoy the weekend with me, which I know is probably not that fucking enjoyable, and this is not a good pitch. But Underdog is literally paying for one of you guys. Everybody else is paying for the weekend, okay? Underdog is paying for you guys to be in the high-stakes league with us, the rest of the big dogs, but to come out to NYC. Flights, fucking being in the house, going out, everything everything expenses paid for. One person is going to get this choice. They're going to get going to get picked. All you got to do is go on Underdog. The link to download the app will be the first link in the description down below. When you deposit $10 on Underdog, you're going to use the, the promo code BDGE. When you do that, you're automatically entered into the contest giveaway. The weekend is August 27th to August 29th. So this is coming up rapidly, okay? This is in like, by the time you watch, it's one month away. It's actually, yeah, what is it, the 31st right now? So this was this will have already happened one month from now. We got a fucking rager planned for my birthday on Friday night. We're going to go out all day Saturday. We're going to do brunch. We're going to play flag football. We're going to play fucking basketball. We're going to post up at the park. We're going to fucking hit on people. We're going to get turned down. We're going to drink margarita. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. I can't fucking wait. One of you guys is going to be able to come with us. By signing up for Underdog, using promo code BDGE, when you deposit $10, you're going to get $25 free dollars on top of that to play with on Underdog, as well as be entered in. And don't worry, if you have entered Underdog, if you've used the promo code BDG already this year, you're backdated into the giveaway, okay? So I feel I, I don't want to feel bad for the people that are like, oh, but I signed up last week and you just started the giveaway. Nope. All y'all motherfuckers are entered. Don't worry. But if you haven't yet, this is what should push you overboard. Not only are you getting the 25 extra dollars on top of the $10 you deposit with BDGE, but you're getting a giveaway raffle ticket. And if you fucking win it, you unfortunately get to hang out with my ass, snacks, and you get to, you get to meet the whole team. Really unfortunate, but I promise you it'll be a fun fucking weekend. So go download Underdog, go download the app, go use promo code BDGE when you throw 10 bucks in there. And I love you for that. Thanks for your honesty. Now I'm going to cry. I mean, I've already cried like three times today. What is Andrews redraft and dynasty value? Uh, okay, so Andrews, Mark Andrews, this is a player that I don't really have a hot take on. I think he's going to be kind of like a boring mid tight end one for whatever that means. He's not a guy that I have. I don't I don't know if I have really any shares in Andrews in, uh, in best ball right now in my underdog drafts. He's not a guy I'm really targeting. Uh, if I'm going to go with a middle round tight end who's going around the exact same area, it's certainly going to be TJ Hawkinson with Mark Andrews in Dynasty. Um, I mean, if Andrews drops like the seventh, eighth round, if he starts really falling in drafts, I'm fine with it because you have a guy who that we know for sure will give us some weeks of like 15 points or more. Um, but as they continue to add more targets in there, as they continue to add guys like Rashad Bateman, even Sammy Watkins, um, and they're talking more and more about J.K. Dobbins being involved in the passing game. How you know how excited can you really get for Mark Andrews? Last year was supposed to be his breakout year, and he did fine, but he was inconsistent and just a, a passing offense that you don't really want to invest highly into. So Andrews, not not a huge fan of him in a redraft for Dynasty. Uh, I mean, he's young, but I think there are a lot of younger, athletic, up-and-coming tight ends that I would draft at the same cost, if not much cheaper, like – I'm not going to draft Mark Andrews in the sixth or seventh round of a dynasty startup when I can get, you know, Jonu Smith in the 11th or 12th and then Robert Tunyon in the 11th or 12th and Irv Smith in the ninth, 10th round. Like I would, I would probably rather go with those guys who are just as athletic, younger, um, 
haven't broken out yet. Haven't put the production onto the resume yet, but that's, that's kind of, you know, just my personal opinion on Andrews right now. I got offered Mac Jones and Jamar Chase for Dobbins. Been sitting there for a few days now. It's hard for me to accept. Should I? First off, I'm going to assume that this is a super flex league. Correct, James? Second, can we get a little bit more uh, detail on your league settings? So super flex, uh, also PPR scoring. Are there any special stats or scoring settings that I need to know about? And what is the starting roster? in terms of um, how many wide receivers versus how many running backs, also flex spots, how many flex spots are available, and are you competing right now? Uh, like, will Dobbins immediately slide in as your RB2 and be a player that obviously propels you to hopefully a championship? Or are you, you know, in the middle of a, a rebuild? Are you in the middle of a uh, productive struggle? Things like that. So throw me a little bit, little bit more detail in there, and I can uh, hopefully steer you the wrong way. what's up y'all what we doing uh also if you're just hanging out you know you don't actually have to sign up to be a patreon uh you could just simply subscribe to the channel and we'll be doing shit like this like literally seven days a week so there's a button right underneath the video to subscribe if you do it right you'll throw the d in it that's what she said uh, hit the thumbs up button as well if you're hanging out and you enjoy the video. There's 10 people in here. You guys are supposed to be my most loyal fans. You guys literally, you know, you pay you pay your hard-earned money to hang out with me on this beautiful Saturday, and you can't even hit the thumbs up button. I feel wildly disrespected. We can make it. Okay, so we've got some more clearance on this. Superflex, one quarterback. Super flex, two running backs, two wide receivers, two flex. Definitely a top contender, normal one-point PPR. Okay, so we're working with two pieces of data here that I think uh, – or actually three pieces of data here that would make me probably swing towards Dobbins. First of all, uh, while I'm kind of answering this, James, can you can you drop in who your, uh, who your quarterbacks are at the moment on your roster? Okay, so first piece of data that heavily skews towards Dobbins is the fact that you're only starting two wide receivers. The reason that running backs are so fucking valuable compared to wide receivers right now is the positional scarcity. Right now, there are like 25 to 30 running backs that you could start in your fantasy lineup and be okay with, and barely that, right? The high end of running backs are so much more valuable than the high end of wide receivers, which is reason number one, you like running backs. Number two is that there really are only like 25 to 30 running backs in fantasy that you like. <clears throat> when it comes to wide receivers, you could literally slot in like one of... 80 wide receivers and be okay. Like you can get Emmanuel Sanders in dynasty as like the wide receiver 75. And I bet you, he puts you up nine to 10, maybe even like 12 PPR fantasy points per game this year. Okay. So with that being said, that really devalues a guy like Jamar chase. However, the fact that it is one point PPR swings a little bit more in favor towards Jamar chase than it does J.K. Dobbins, of course, because Dobbins does not catch a lot of passes. Jamar Chase could pop off for like 80 fucking receptions this year with uh, with Burrow. Your quarterbacks are Russ. So Russell Wilson, you have your high-end quarterback one. Fitz, Carr, Lance, Taysom. Okay, so you got some nice pieces there working at quarterback. 
Yes, at first glance, you might be like, yeah, we don't really have a quarterback too, but that's easily more than getting by, getting viable quarterback too, because Lance will be a high end quarterback by the time week eight runs a week eight comes around. Taysom Hill, if he's a starter, is going to be like a really nice quarterback too for you. In the meantime, you're sitting on Carr and Fitz, who will both be fine mid quarterback twos for you. So I don't think you're desperate for a quarterback. Uh, you said you're a top contender right now, which also makes you lean towards Dobbins because I don't see Mac Jones getting into your lineup anytime soon. Uh, in terms of Jamar Chase getting into your lineup, I mean, he could definitely get into the flex spot. I'm not really sure what the rest of your lineup looks like. Off the top of my head, um, I think I like the Dobbins side there. And it might feel like you are... Um, it might feel like you are letting go of a lot, hitting the smash button. But, you know, I still think that Dobbins has very, very, like, nice, nice upside. You have to start looking at him as more of a floor play, of course. But um, but I still think he could be a very nice piece to a championship winning team. And I don't see that being the case with either of the other two guys. So for right now, I will probably side with uh, that side. Okay, right now, your wide receivers. I have Diggs, DK. So you have your two starting wide receivers right there. Godwin, Landry, Aguilar, Gallup. Okay, so to be honest with you, I don't – I mean, listen, Godwin's going to be your three. And then as a wide receiver four, like Landry – between Landry and Gallup, I think that uh, Chase will – Chase will give you exactly as many points as those guys will. Obviously, you're looking at Chase as a long-term player. You're not just looking at him as what he's going to do for you this year. Um, but you have a really, really well-rounded team. Uh, I'm going to stick with Dobbins here because the value of running back is just so much higher in Dynasty. So, with that being said, give me, uh, give me, give me J.K. Dobbins, baby. Let's keep it there for you, James. This is going to be the last question, y'all. We've been hanging out for about 40 minutes, um, and it seems like the questions are dying down, but thank you all for hanging around, obviously. Again, if you want to join in last in next weeks and going forward, I do this throughout the, the actual season, too, so I can help you with your shit starts during the in-season. Patreon.com forward slash BDGE is where you sign up, and that will get you into our Discord, which uh, I dropped the links to join these private live streams in the Discord, as well as you could join private dynasty leagues with other big dogs members while you're in the discord, et cetera, et cetera. If you drafted today in a 10 team, one quarterback, super flex, how far do you let Barkley slide? Okay. Um, one, uh, what is, uh, I'm not sure what a one quarterback super flex is. Do you mean that it is a super flex league? So like you're only starting one quarterback and then you have a super flex spot. So you're just letting me know it's not a two quarterback league. Um, if it is a super flex league, Barkley is going to slide into the second round for sure. Cause you're looking at the top running backs. You're, you're looking at C-Mac. You're looking at Dalvin cook. You're looking at Derrick Henry. You're looking at Alvin Kamara. You're looking at Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you know, you could start talking about a few other running backs as well. If this is a PPR league, you're probably going to start taking a guy like Devonte at, Oh, Aaron Jones as well. Devonte Adams and the super flex. Of course, uh, Mahomes is going to be probably off the board. Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, so he's going to end up being like in a 10-team league. He'll probably be in the second round. He'll probably go off the board. I would say my rankings will probably have him super flex as the like 2-0, 2 
202. Wait, hold up. Marlo, you're confusing me now. Multi-flex. Do you mean there's multiple flex spots? Can you use one of those flex spots? Can you throw a quarterback into the flex spot? Because that's big. Because if it's just one quarterback and you can't use a second quarterback in any of the flex spots, a.k.a. a super flex, then you're not taking quarterbacks over Barkley. But if it's actually a super flex league where you're starting two quarterbacks, you're going to start taking the high-end quarterbacks above Saquon Barkley that are much, much safer in your lineups and will you know consistently give you 25 points a week. So very much depending on your settings there. If, it, if you're only starting one quarterback, Barkley's probably going to drop to the end of the first round, probably still the second round. But if it's a super flex league, he'll probably start dropping to like the 204 to 206-ish, 207-ish range. And I think that's uh, probably about right. All right, y'all. I love you. Do not forget to go sign up on Underdog, and you will be entered into the NYC Draft Giveaway Weekend. This is the coolest giveaway we've ever fucking done. It's the coolest giveaway in the fantasy football industry by far and away. I'm very, 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 uh, very sure of that. I'm very confident in saying that to you guys. So download the Underdog app. It'll be the first link in the description down below after you watch this. Deposit $10 on there using the promo code BDGE when you do it, and you're going to get $25 on top of that for free. We start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, two flexes. Okay, so you cannot start a second quarterback. If you cannot start a second quarterback, then you're not drafting a quarterback above Saquon. And if this is PPR, then you start to value guys like Devontae Adams, probably Stephon Diggs because his target share is going to be astronomical. Uh, You probably take those guys over to Saquon Barkley. Um, and then he'll drop to, I mean, he'll probably be like my running back eight, nine or something. And probably very, very early second round. Maybe he's like the one ten, but off the top of my head, I would say he's probably closer to like the two Oh, two Oh two or something like that in a 10 team league. All right, y'all. I love you. And I'll see you on. Next week's June assault. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.